Hello, and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and I am absolutely thrilled today. I have got as a guest somebody that I have known for almost 30 years now, and um, he's my uh, business partner in uh, Finland. And uh, when I say business partner, it's more than that. It's, it's a friendship. Um, you know, I actually was with him when he met his wife. And I've been to his home numerous times uh, just outside of Helsinki uh, and I've crawled under the kitchen table with his boys you know, when they were young, just playing with them. Um, Ole Yulvanen is essentially a turnaround specialist. And I'm gonna, yeah, when, when we met, we were doing some work together and, and he was actually instrumental in the work that I ended up doing with Nokia. Um, but more than that, what he's done is he's taken his expertise. He's a published author in Finland, one of the best-selling economic books in Finland. And when I say a turnaround specialist, I'm, I'm really excited about this, uh, this episode because Ole has worked with over 100 companies right now. As a matter of fact, I was just you know, prior to going live with the show here, uh, we've identified that this is uh, the company that he's currently working with right now is the 100th company that he's actually been in a turnaround position with uh, this firm. And he's been wildly successful. He's only had to close down two of the companies that he's worked with yeah, in that span of, of, of time. So, uh, and we're going to talk about all of that because all of this applies to what we call the soul of business. So, uh, Oli, welcome to the show. Thank you, Blaine, for having me here. And I'm really thrilled as well to be sharing my experiences. And I do hope somebody will uh, gain something out of it. Uh, one, two or three ideas. Hope you will make some money and success too. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Always success one way or the other. <laughs> right. Money's just the metric of just how we're doing that. Um, you know, I, I asked a question and I'm gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about our personal history in just a moment here. But uh, the question that I always start with is, you know, when you hear the, you know, the, the phrase, the term, the soul of business, what does that bring up for you? What does it, what does it cause you to think about? I was uh, very excited to see uh, the terms you are using when getting ready for tonight's business. It's seven o'clock here in Helsinki at the moment. And uh, to me, it brings the company culture. I always start with the company culture and something is very wrong. My phone has been ringing sometimes uh, nine o'clock in the evening day before. And there's a new company who needs kind of captain on the bridge to take care of the ship, which is uh, in bad shape in storm map lost and whatever. And the company culture, you might call the soul in the, in the soul of the company culture and people is somewhere that it's near apathy. They are not enthusiastic to come to work tomorrow and they lost the touch to the soul. My job is in fact to bring them alive, give meaning to their daily work. And pretty soon actually, it's always very rewarding to see that people are uh, getting excited that tomorrow I can come to work and start fixing this vessel, get it on the right route. And uh, it's, it's vitally important that your soul is with it and, and you are getting enthusiastic. It's not about numbers. Numbers come, like you said earlier, a bit afterwards. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. The idea of culture, um, Culture is an expression of something that's existing right now. It's, and it's it basically a company culture in my experience. And you and I've had you know, experience with this with firms that we've jointly worked together um, on uh, as clients. Um, 
the idea of a culture is the collection of the mindsets, the beliefs, the values of the individuals in the organization. And to your point mm -hmm. here, when, when, when apathy begins to appear, when uh, the spirit, the life, the aliveness begins to go out, that's, you know, that's not a company. That's the collection of the individuals in the company that feel mm -hmm. as if there's, there's no meaning in what they're doing. And when you're working with turnarounds, and this, and this, I was so excited to have you uh, on the show here around this because you know, just in the in the world that we're in right now, with lockdowns and in those sorts of things occurring, and businesses being in jeopardy because their markets are being constrained and their ability to do things are being constrained, how do we keep the the meaning uh, in front of people when? They're fearful of losing their jobs when their uh, their bosses uh, are pushing them to produce more, and they aren't real sure about their health and well-being. How do you do that? Number of items there. Uh, for, uh, the first thing is that within literally sixty seconds in the introduction, I will tell that nobody is will be fired in the afternoon, and the redundancy talks will not start tomorrow. And then people kind of relax and start listening. If it only, of course, is possible that it's not hopeless, cash-wise, and so on. But you need to gain back the trust that it's worthwhile listening to it. Because at latest at home in the evening, at the kitchen table, somebody will ask, did he especially say that you will not be fired? Are we safe? Then the second thing is that uh, I've been working in, in turnaround since uh, mid-80s. And uh, with the experience of 35 years and so on, plus 100 companies, I do know when the storm is uh, such that we can manage. So you deliver the message, message that, yes, we can survive. I've, I've seen worse. Now, now we will focus to a couple of items in short term. And short term means in the afternoon. Midterm mid, mid means Friday. And something which is very, very long term is at the end of the month. And you start giving meaning to your colleagues and hope that, yes, okay, in the afternoon you can make this. Company culture, in my opinion, is very often uh, it comes, uh, express, it's expressed after the word but. Yes, in normal things, it says so, but. Then you start, but why not? And why don't you go to change that immediately? Take a call to the important customer who we lost and find out what's wrong. And very often uh, the case with interim CEOs is that the management, uh, the existing company culture has been created by somebody. And they are very seldom successful in changing that in, fast, in, uh, in quick time. And uh, people would not believe them because they lost the soul of the company. Yeah, yeah. I, I love you know, the way that you put this, that culture is expressed after the word but is, is, <laughs> is mentioned. Uh, because, I mean, that, that is probably the, the simplest way of identifying what the existing culture is that I've ever heard somebody <laughs> offer. And, exactly. and it's so true, it's so true. <laughs> we would love to do this, but. Yeah, we can't do that, or we, yeah, but it's, that is huge. And the, the other thing here, yeah, I, I've, I've played a lot with the notion of time in the consulting work that I've done. And, and I, again, you know, with a lot of the leadership development stuff I work with, we look at the, you know, the framing of time. 
as far as you know, how results are produced. And your notion here, um, the context of time needs to be defined. And when you're using words like short-term, mid-term, and long-term, if you don't provide the definition that you just did, um, people can start making up their own and it gets really kind of squishy in terms of what people are paying attention to. And all of this, I think, ties back to what you were just talking about around people have to feel safe if they're going to start to uh, feel free to engage again, emotionally Mm -hmm. engage. So how did you come to realize that short-term meant tomorrow (laughs) and (laughs) mid-term meant Wednesday and and long-term or mid-term meant Friday and long-term meant uh, the end of the month? How did you come to that realization? Well, I'm the graduate of Swedish School School of Economics here in Helsinki. And uh, I'm, of course, I may look casual, uh, but I'm printing numbers. So I'm uh, steering the ship with cash. Then at the end of the day, most important thing is cash. How do you start improving the cash flow? Companies in trouble very often uh, uh, or hardly ever have enough cash. So then you start uh, fixing cash. Uh, We could do this, but we don't have any cash. Okay, how do you create cash? You start with that. And you need to make it sure that we will survive and we will do it fast. One practical thing which I might uh, share with the, the audience, uh, you might have it, uh, some help of it. I have been using it for 10 years. How do I weekly follow it up? And the point is that you give a target, say that we need to have a, in a certain period uh, turnover of 100 million euros and we, or something like that. And how do you start working towards it? You have a turnaround team or management team and what I'm doing is how I'm leading my, the people to whom I have the pleasure to be the boss. Uh, everybody needs to report on Fridays, uh, half an hour on one-on-one dialogue, three goals which I did this week. And of course, three goals on the way to 100 million euros or dollars. And uh, then we are sharing it in the management team meetings Monday afternoon. And then you, everybody is supposed to tell which three goals I'm going to make next week. Then uh, item uh, number three is in, on the agenda. What kind of support do you need? And number four, what what the hell was that? Uh, do we understand each other? That we kind of need to clean the table on Fridays. And I felt upset about it, or this was I didn't feel right about that, or or I need some support. But what will happen is that week three, when we are having management team meetings, and let's say we are six persons there. Nobody will come there with no goals. Everybody has started making goals. And okay, first week, probably two are of importance. But on the third week, everybody is making three goals. And by six, it's 18. And we are making more than 50 goals monthly towards 100 million US dollars. And then people start going home. And my God, things are starting to change here. And you need to bring, uh, bring the security in a way that we can survive. We have done worse. And oh, come on. A quick rewarding is as well something important. I, yesterday, I gave an orange to one guy who did something from my afternoon uh, uh, snack. Just to quickly reward that, my God, this was really great. That's I'm good. sure that he will have the orange in the kitchen table in the evening. I said, yes, the boss gave this. <laughs> <laughs> the boss noticed it. Sorry, I got enthusiastic. 
Yeah. So, so there's acknowledgement, there's recognition, but I like what you're doing here. And, and it's when, when we're faced with challenges, you know, in my experience, and this is, you know, specifically with a lot of the leaders that I worked with, they look at this huge obstacle that's in front of them mm-hmm. and can very quickly get overwhelmed by the size, the imagined size of the obstacle. And what I'm hearing you say and this isn't new news, but I, I, you've operationalized this in a way that I think is very useful. Let's just get very, very bite-sized you know, for you, you know, and I'm talking about my management team. Each one of you identify you know, three goals that are tied to exactly the, the, this, this, we're going to make profit. We're gonna, we, yeah. we need to make cash. So what? And it doesn't have to be big, just something different, no. something no. different, exactly. something that we can measure. And we and agree, agree upon them on Fridays, that the next week I'm going to plan uh, to make this kind of goals. Mm-hmm. And number three on our agenda, we have four items, uh, goals of this week, goals of next week, where do you need support? So that the person cannot come two weeks later and say, my God, I didn't have this and I didn't have that. Why didn't you ask? Or number four, that I, didn't, I have, was paralyzed because you said this and that kind of things. So the goals are agreed and okay, all of them are not done immediately, but we know what to be expected. And we have the so-called classic development discussion, uh, not twice a year, we have it every week. It takes three minutes. Yeah, the development conversation, you don't do the performance review at the end of the year. No, no, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's every week. It's, yeah. how, it's, it's not what we're doing, it's how are we doing. And exactly. how are implementing business? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, I'm in the implementing business. Yeah. We'll get it done. We will get it done. You know, the idea of uh, an organization is just a collection of people. And, and folks that have listened to this podcast for a while have heard me say this before. But all any organization is is a collection of people that are in relationship. And obviously, they're in relationship with each other, but they're also in relationship with goals. They're in relationship with values. They're in relationship with, you know, fill in the blank. Everything has a relational component to it. What I hear you're doing, and, and I'm really emphasizing this for the listeners, you know, because of your expertise in turning around companies that are challenged, companies that are really you know, in trouble, uh, it, you, you get simple real quick. You get simple real quick. You get focused real laser, just you know, sharp focus. And then what you do, and this is what I like about this, is th- this notion of what support, do you, what support do you need? This question, I think, is really crucial because you know, most people understand that, you know, okay, we're going to set goals and then you know, the meeting ends and people go out and they do what they do. But by asking this question, what support do you need in order mm-hmm. to achieve that goal, by yeah. definition, what you've put in place is an accountability mechanism. Yes, I never thought about it that way, but that's that's true. Because if I'm not if I'm not saying I need this, correct, it, it comes back to me because I didn't say what I needed. Yeah. And and breakdowns in accountability is where finger pointing starts, and increasing accountability is where people start feeling alive. I can do this. Yeah, indeed. And then we are sitting together Monday afternoons, three o'clock like yesterday, and uh, everybody start, we start with the meeting with the good news. 
And what are what were your three goals? And then alphabetical order by first name, not that these people should get Freudian ideas why the order is this or that. So everybody's still in high score with this. And we are having rather good feeling after 10 minutes because everybody's scoring. We know that it's towards the given goal. And then we start talking what to do next. Good. When we come back from this break, I want to pick that piece up. What do we do next week? Because I, yeah, I've got a couple of questions that I want to ask you around. Yeah, when you start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, what do you do with that? Yeah, you've, you've gotten over the, oh my God, we're going to die <laughs> experience. And now there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So I want to talk a little bit with you when we come back from this break about what happens next. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business. That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the leadership mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett and my guest today, Oli Uvenen. And Oli is an old, old friend. And I mean that not so much chronologically, although I am older than he is, um, but an old friend in the sense that we've been, uh, we've been together for over 30 years. And uh, he is an absolute gold mine and I'm gonna talk <laughs> because you know we, we yeah we were together in a company that he founded called Gold Busters and we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute but he has a gold mine of information he has an absolute absolute and I mean absolute expert and when it comes to looking at how you actually write a, a ship write a business that is beginning to capsize and before we took the break we were talking about some of the ways that he goes about actually positioning uh, conversations in an organization around what do we do next? How do we get small incremental steps in order to get profitability you know, begun again when it was not happening? So once you've gotten over the, uh, the hump um, and you're actually starting to see you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, Oli, uh, and people are starting to go, you know, I think we might be able to do this. What do you do and how do you work with your teams and your organizations to make sure that the momentum actually increases? Comparing it very with very simple thing, like with present company number 100 uh, on my agenda, they started with the elevator, which was in the building in the floor minus three. 
and you are lacking this or that and COVID was uh, threatening Europe and uh, like it is at the moment, the seven, second wave and so on. And you start building all kinds of things. And we kept talking about that now our elevator has come to the floor zero and now it's already in plus one, plus two. And oh my God, when you are on the second floor, you see a lot of things and you, you realize, I keep joking with my team that get used to success because this is what it is. We are having a number of items which we are implementing still, and they are getting more precise and better. And we are learning, we are supporting each other and heading then to floor number three. An important thing like this week, when talking to my, with my Swedish management team yesterday, is to see that, okay, uh, every day may not be better than week before, but at least three. And uh, we had two not so good days, but this is a secret, so I don't want to share it last week. So, but come on, we are 4% better than October. And people realize that we are on the way to floor number three. And you need to keep the enthusiasm. And I need to thank uh, you, Blaine, for bringing a number of ideas to me. One of them which I'm using is that on Fridays, I'm very casual. I'm coming uh, into the office with uh, ice hockey team uh, jokers shirt or the English football club <laughs> arsenals or something. Because people are meaning making machines like you are saying. If they realize that uh, the boss is coming relaxed to the office. So it's not going so bad. And he is humoristic probably and sharing things in my own language in Poland and so on. So they start believing that yes, this is a good feeling about it. It's about uh, keeping the enthusiasm on. So you know, uh, I often talk about, you know, leadership being the art of, of uh, bringing possibility into reality. And, and it begins with the recognition of possibilities. And I like your metaphor of the elevator going up and you know, looking out the window and seeing things that I didn't see before, new possibilities. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, that's... In, in, in the conversations that you have with your management teams and with the, uh, the employees in the company, uh, can you talk a little bit about how these possibilities begin to uh, energetically, you know, just, you know, what's the energy around new possibility when people begin to recognize that there's something else other than just surviving in front of me? I, I keep telling people, if, let's think about for the vessel for a second. It's, it's a vessel which is in danger and I need to see uh, at, from the bridge of the boat that every, every uh, section has the right persons and they are capable of doing the things, engines are on, fuel, very often gas is enough and so on. But you need to see that the right person is in the right place. A couple of sports persons, for instance, and somebody from rugby to somebody in tennis, you might change the jobs and say that horrible persons, they are totally hopeless, but it's the mistake of the boss. My job at the bridge is to see that who are the ones who will do the job. And unfortunately, very often you need to find as well in what I call for observation class, number of persons who need support in order that they will succeed. And I'd, if I continue one minute with this more with the, uh, with the audience, observation class is something that if in your evening prayer is that, oh, my dear crowd, then please let at least Mr. Miller to find a new job. 
and you come tomorrow into the office and first thing comes Miller knocking on your door and says, hello, Wally. And uh, yes, uh, I'm sorry, but I found a new job. Oh my God, I don't want to stop your career thinking. And yes, and you got an offer which you couldn't refuse. And after that, you call to your boss and your wife and said, Miller is leaving. And if you ever have this kind of feeling, so you have just found first member of your observation class. On the bridge, you need to see that you have the right crew to take, take the uh, trip. And very often in turnaround situation, one third of the persons you need to change within uh, 12 months. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of goes back to the culture uh, question. Yeah, it, it's culture begins to be expressed as the collection of everybody's beliefs and attitudes. And sometimes, mm -hmm the attitudes of some of the folks just aren't going to change and they actually become poisonous. Uh, yes, and frankly, they are not capable of doing it. They are having a job which they cannot manage and it's yep. not their fault. They need to have another job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I like that Sorry. It's not, their, it, it's, not, it's not their fault. It's just, you no. know, the, when you take blame out of the conversation and mm. you take the the idea of somebody's a bad person out of the equation, it, it really becomes, is this working or not working? Not is this good or is this bad? Not is this person good or not is that person bad? It's just, is this working for you? Is this working for us? If it's not working, that's, that's a conversation to have about what would be more workable. Shall I share what I will do? Yes. If I have, for instance, a salesperson, let's call uh, him Brown. And Mr. Brown has a job to, visit 20 customers a month. And then uh, comes uh, first week of December. Mr. Brown has been already to three customers. Then I would have on my weekly Friday meeting that now look, Mr. Brown, your job is to visit 20 customers and it's there you need some support or what is it and let's try better. And then we'll meet again first week January. And I says, I've been visiting four customers already. And I already have the dialogue possibility. We do it with respect. I start talking to Mr. Brown that is this really the, your dream job? And when you one day will retire and grandchildren will visit you and you will tell, oh my God, this January 2021 was really horrible. I had so much work to do. I visited even four customers. And we start having dialogue that is your job here in this company or outside? And unfortunately, in my job as an interim CEO in a turnaround company, company leading turnaround, I cannot afford to using owners and banks money to persons who do not perform. Unpleasant, yeah. but it's as well good for Mr. Brown. Well, and that goes back to, I think, in my experience, Mr. Brown has a soul that is looking to express in a certain mm -hmm. way. Correct. And, and if, if he's in an environment, in a company, in a role, in a position that isn't allowing for that expression that is exactly. true to him, we don't do him a service by keeping him in position. Exactly. Or, or, yeah, and so inviting him to look at alternatives helps both his soul, you know, the, soul of, the soul of Mr. Brown, and it helps the soul of the business uh, as well. Absolutely. You know, you have you know, worked with over 100 companies right now, and we'll just say 100 because this is a celebration of your 100th company. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, and I, and, I, and I am so excited about that. 100 companies. There's not many people, I think, on this planet that can claim to have turned around 
worked in a turnaround position with a hundred companies. That that's got to be some sort of a Guinness record. <laughs> Truly. I'm glad now, it's not gonna be off service. Yeah. And in that hundred, and this is, I think, a really, really interesting and important point to make. You have only had to close yourself two companies. In, in other words, yes. there were only two companies that you worked with where you weren't able to actually make it over that hump. And I, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the, the realization and the reality of making that kind of a declaration. You know, I, we don't see, you know, I'm on the bridge of this ship and I'm the captain of this ship. I'm looking around, I don't see land. How do yeah. you know? What's that recognition? What, what do you look for? I guess would be the first question. What do you look for? And then how do you communicate that into the company so that people can walk away at the end feeling at least somewhat healthy? Uh, I have always uh, started with the fact that personnel and clients, they are never stupid. They are like my friend Blaine says, meaning making machines. They make meaning out of everything. And they start realizing things are not going so well. So you need to be very open, very direct, sharing the information. It looks bad and, and we are doing our best. In turnaround business, turnaround experts, uh, they certainly all of them and we are turning around every stone to see that if this is possibility. But then you are facing laws and you cannot finance uh, something anymore if you don't believe in it. The opportunities are lost. The company number one, the fixed costs were so high already that it was impossible to change the building or wrong investment and so on. In the second, uh, second uh, company, owners were quarreling seriously and we didn't get cash to bring in a fresh salmon and we were in uh, salmon business. So then you only just need to raise your hand and tell everybody sorry. At the end of the day, I feel that even the personnel, they appreciate that somebody was honest and they found a better company to work with. But they are very unpleasant situation, of course, when you start seeing that there's no hope. But I'm very often comparing my job to doctors, that it's so much easier. Media is very friendly that you have a hard job. I'm not. I'm not knowing every industry, and, uh, but I know how to steer ships. Allow me to quote Elvis Presley. He said once that uh, having some kind of chips and rally on the yard and daddy was, uh, his father was worried. And um, Elvis said that daddy, it's only money. After all, in my business, it's only money and doctors are taking care at this very moment of uh, several uh, serious things with patients. So you just need to like them, raise a hand that this is no can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard decision. It has to be made. And the, 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 how it's made, I think, is important. How that decision is made and then communicated. Um, and it's, in, again, kind of going back to the soul of the business. Soul seeks expression. And, you know, uh, I, I will you know, use the name of a, of a common client that we worked with, um, Nokia. Uh, Nokia, as a company, is about 160 years old, if, if my memory serves, um, somewhere in that neighborhood. It's been around a long time, Finnish company. Yes. And it has, it, 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 it to me is, is very similar to the Phoenix. It rises <laughs> and crashes and burns, rises and crashes and burns. And yeah, you and I had a very good run with uh, 
you know, well over uh, almost 15 years uh, working with them um, as external consultants. And one of the things that I'm you know, most proud of uh, in the work that we did was we left behind a legacy that allowed, and this is just my own personal feeling, we left behind a bit of a legacy in the leadership body of, of that organization that allows the seeds for something else to be born. And I, I look at what Nokia is doing today, and they're actually beginning to uh, make some very interesting moves in the 5G, uh, 5G space. Um, but there's, there's seeds there that uh, everything has a life cycle. And mm -hmm. in, in being able to nurture that life cycle, I think is important. And that life cycle includes going fallow. You know, that that mm -hmm. it looks like death, but it really doesn't have to be death. It can be the rebirth of something new. And exactly. in the two companies, uh, and this is kind of a long tee up here, but in the two companies that uh, you ended up actually having to uh, facilitate a closing, was there a rebirth in some way, shape or form with some of the, uh, uh, either the IP or the, the, uh, the folks that were part of those companies? Well, uh, the company number one was um, producing bread and uh, the investment was so heavy. So unfortunately, then the owner of the building and financer of the machinery had to cut some of the capital. The mm -hmm. second one, the owners are still quarreling and, uh, and they haven't got started again, but the know-how is there. I think the uh, I think the important thing uh, here is that uh, mostly my work is titled with something what you are Blaine doing. It's um, bad leadership. Ninety percent of my work starts with bad leadership. Somebody is not really understanding what is happening. Company number one one uh, suffered from the fact that my predecessor didn't tell the bad news to the board, and the board was. Uh, thinking everything is fine and still the uh, factory was expanded and expanded and so on. Nothing wrong with the basic business idea, but they lost the control. And yeah. uh, there, there comes in a good leadership. You know, you're talking about my, 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 my absolute sweet spot. <laughs> leadership. And the one thing that I know is absolutely true about you, and I've known this for over 30 years, is yeah, the integrity that you bring to what you what you do. Um, you are one of the most integrous persons I've ever met. And that's rooted in honesty. Um, so when you're talking about you know, honesty and authenticity, mm -hmm. um, so a leader not being honest with their people yeah. with, you know, mostly, you know, starting with themselves. Uh, do yeah. I trust myself enough to be able to handle the consequence of delivering bad news? That, and that's one of the things that I, th I think that's one of the greatest gifts you bring to the companies that you work with is you trust yourself enough to be able to deliver the bad news. And mm -hmm. in that trusting of yourself, you've also got you know, the, the, then the deep capacity to work with uh, what, what ends up uh, appearing after the bad news has been delivered. And that's, that's a powerful place to be. I think we all need to be humble as CEOs that we are working for owners and we need to tell uh, the truth to owners. You may never negatively surprise your boss, your customer and or your spouse. Just give them warnings that I might be a bit late today, dear wife, and, uh, and come one hour earlier. Oh my God, it's a totally different thing. My job is I'm doing every uh, Friday afternoon at uh, three o'clock. I'm sending an executive summary to my boss. I've been doing that for 20 years. 
it's my life insurance as well, because I gave you a warning, but you didn't read it. And it's three PowerPoint slides with 10 items, key items of last week. And I think um, our job as CEOs is to keep the owner informed. And uh, you may never lie to your owner, nor of course to your customers, nor spouse. And if you start believing in something else which doesn't exist, then you have chosen a wrong leader. And it's your soul has some uh, effect. That's how we sell our souls. <laughs> Correct. That's a very, very way, uh, yeah, I think a very elegant way of describing. Yeah, we sell our souls and we stop being honest about what's Correct. in front of us. Correct. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I'm going to close our interview with that. My, my, my good, good, dear friend, Oli Jovanan, I want to thank you so much um, for you know, spending this, uh, this half hour with me. And if people wanted to find out more about what you're up to and what you're doing, is there a way that people could uh, reach out to you and contact you? First of all, Blaine, uh, thank you for having me here. I'm being a bit, uh, a bit careful with social media, so you will find mm -hmm. me in LinkedIn because I get all kinds of possibility to get all kinds of uh, comments in. Uh, when you, unfortunately, sometimes you need to close doors and make people yep. redundant. So you reach me through LinkedIn, LinkedIn and of course through Avatar. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you can always get a hold of him through me for sure. Oli, I want to thank you again. This is Blaine Bartlett. You've been listening to the Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Um, you can find out more about what I'm doing at blainebartlett.com. And I want to invite you once again to uh, check out the uh, Leadership Mastermind program uh, that I'm offering. Uh, you can find out more about that at blainebartlett.com and just go up to the services uh, menu button and you'll see a link there to the Mastermind program. And until the next episode, be safe, be well, and uh, take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>